following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
all of my life I've been taught to work hard and to produce, produce something of value. All of my life I've been taught that if it's going to be, it's up to me. I'm the one responsible. And so I've always been willing to take risks that other people were not willing to take because the rewards I wanted could not be gained without tremendous risk. So I've always searched after the latest best idea, the latest and best strategy. I've always been interested in success. In every endeavor I have wanted to win, to succeed, to produce. As I have walked this Calvary road, I've discovered something that is quite shocking to my system. What I've discovered is that victorious Christian living and effective service for God are not the product of hard work. They're not the product of exercising the best part of ourselves to accomplish what we want to accomplish, but rather anything of value to the kingdom of God is produced by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who produces that which is of value. What I produce is temporary. It may gain me some notoriety, but it is quickly passing on. This morning about 7.30, my phone rang, and I talked with a dear brother who's a part of the National Prayer Chapel, and he told me that his boss had just died. I said, how old was he? Late 30s, maybe 40? A young man suddenly died, apparently in a picture of health, strength, has a company, was a great boss, everybody liked him, but today he faces the judgment bar of God. It's very sobering. And this dear brother said to me, you know, in In three months, everything will be back to normal. We'll be doing the same job we're doing now. The company will be prospering as it was because the family will keep it going. What did this man really achieve? He worked long, hard hours. He was very productive. But he viewed the Christian faith as a crutch to help weak people through difficult times. And now suddenly he is thrust before the throne of God and he faces judgment and he faces hell. This is not a a comfortable thing to think about. Yet I recognize I've been taught to go about the work of ministry in the same way this man was taught to go about the work of his, of his business. 
and I have been deeply humbled by the Lord, particularly in recent years, and recognize that I am not the producer. I simply am here to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We're not told in Galatians, and we're going to spend a little bit of time there in this broadcast, we're not told in the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, that we're to produce fruit. We're told we're to bear fruit. Not to produce, but to bear. The fruit is being produced by the Holy Spirit. Now, this requires great humility on our part. A bending of the neck. A turning away from the eye. And surrendering to Jesus Christ. I recognize that John, the Gospel of John, John the Apostle, writes in his Gospel a description of who Jesus was and who Jesus is today. Let me read it for you. Gospel of John, chapter 1. And you're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. And I thank you so much for joining today for this broadcast. I pray that it will be very helpful to you. And I pray that it will redirect your steps and cause you to humble your heart before Almighty God and recognize that you're not the man, you're not the woman. It's the Holy Spirit who holds your life in His hands that we are like grass of the field, we are here today and we are gone tomorrow. I was saying to my wife last night, I think of all the the people who have influenced my life most notably, and they're all gone. They have gone to their reward. And you begin to see precious men and women passing into eternity. Well, I've seen that before I pass into eternity, and I want to prepare for that. And I know to do that, I need to be like Jesus. So let me read this passage in John, the first chapter. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming toward him, and he exclaims, Look! the Lamb of God. He does not say, look, the man of God. He doesn't say, look, the wolf of God. Or look, the snake of God. He says, look, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. 
I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, not as an eagle, not as a bird of prey, not as a peacock. Look, these words are deliberately chosen by John to describe the very essence of who Jesus Christ is. First, a lamb. And then the dove comes as the Holy Spirit and rests upon him. Would that dove have come and landed on a bull? No. Would he come down and land on a wolf or snake? No. He came as a dove to land on the Lamb of God who takes away our sin. Now, please get the picture. The dove descending upon the Lamb and resting upon him. The Lamb and the dove are surely the gentlest of all of God's creatures. The lamb speaks of meekness and submissiveness, and the dove speaks of peace. What more peaceful sound than the cooing of a dove on a summer morning? I watched as I was feeding the birds this morning. The doves all came. And then the dancing squirrels came. And the dove simply moved out of the dancing squirrel's way. He wasn't mad. He didn't peck at him. The dove simply moved away. If you're a dancing squirrel, or you're a wolf, or you're a snake... the dove of heaven will simply move away from you. And then you're there to produce whatever you can produce with your own strength and your own power. I want you to see today the heart of God. The heart of God is humility. When the eternal God chooses to reveal himself in his Son, he gave him the name of the Lamb. And when it was necessary for the Holy Spirit to come into the world, he was revealed under the emblem of a dove. Is it not obvious then that the reason why we have to be humble in order to walk with God is not merely because God is so big and we're so little that humility benefits such a little creature as we are. But the truth is, it's not because of that. It is because God is so humble. We serve a God who is humble, not arrogant, not proud, not haughty. The main 
lesson I want you to hear today of the Holy Spirit as the dove coming upon Jesus as the lamb is that we too must have the disposition of a lamb. What is the disposition of a lamb? Humility, submissiveness, self-surrender, And the dove, being so gentle, came and landed and remained upon this Lamb of God. I want you to see the picture, for this is the condition that we must walk in if we want the Holy Spirit to come and abide with us. The dove can only abide upon us as we are willing to be the Lamb not the lion, not the wolf, not the bear, not the eagle. He cannot come and rest on a man or woman who is filled with pride, who is unbroken. I want to read for you this passage in Galatians. I think it's a very important passage to understand what I'm talking about today. I'm going to begin reading in verse 13. This is Galatians, the fifth chapter. I'll begin in verse 13. You, my brothers, sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature but rather serve one another in love. Well, what does the selfish nature say? It says, you're here to serve me. And if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to be angry with you and I'm going to treat you with disrespect. If you dare cut me off on the highway, I'll curse you. If you dare not grant me the authority and the respect that I believe is due me, I'm going to cut you off. If you dare make decisions that I disagree with, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. As though you had a piece of mind you could bypass. Most of us need all the mind we can muster. He says the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I've seen whole churches close because the members insisted on biting and devouring each other. Yes, I've seen whole churches close where they meet one Sunday and the next Sunday nobody comes because they keep biting and devouring, judging, criticizing, accusing until finally the malady becomes so great that when rebuked, they angrily leave. This is such a human condition, proud, arrogant, 
have their own personal little piety and think that the way they deal with others has nothing to do with their walk with Jesus. Verse 16, he says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. What is the sinful nature? What is its desire? Ascendancy? To be somebody? To be considered important? Puffed up with pride? With arrogance? With judgment? With accusation? And then the acts of the sinful nature, he begins in verse 19. And this is what the action of the sinful nature is like. Sexual immorality. In other words, saying, look, I can have what I want to have. I can do what I want to do. Don't tell me I can't have what I want. Which results in impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Have you ever heard somebody curse another person out? Call them names? Say things that are utterly wrong and bitter? And yet in their rage it just spews out and covers everybody? I've been cussed out more than one time, much to my sadness. Selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Dissensions, factions, selfish ambition, fits of rage, jealousy, discord, hatred. These are things that will keep you from entering into the kingdom of God. These are all expressions of the flesh of the wicked heart of man as he goes about trying to build his own kingdom, trying some way to work out his deal, his self-righteousness. I hate to say this, but I've been so right so many times that I've been wrong. There's nothing uglier than a man who's right and knows it, and lords it over someone else. They're so right, they're wrong. They may have a valid point, but the way they go about expressing it is to build themselves up and try to make themselves look like they're somebody. Please hear what I'm trying to say today. There is a place for us in Jesus Christ. But that place is not as a producer. It is for one who is willing to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit.
there is a place of humility and kindness and long-suffering. It is not a place of rage and bitterness and anger and judgment and accusation. May I say this? It's not even a place of personal piety where you exclude loving others, where you break relationship and cut others off in your self-righteousness and think that you have something going with God. You have nothing going with God. You have something going with your own piety. Now listen as I read verse 20, I'm sorry, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, and now he's going to identify what the Holy Spirit wants to bear in us. First, love, self-sacrificing love, joy, peace, patience, I heard someone say, Oh, Pastor, pray for me. I'm working so hard to try to develop patience. I'm so impatient with my children. I yell at them, and I don't know why. Patience is not something that you can produce. Patience is something given to you by the Holy Spirit. If you're yelling at your children or you're yelling at your husband or you're yelling at somebody, you need to get before God and bow your head and your heart and submit to him and let a work of repentance be done in your heart and your soul to the very depth. And as you give that to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will begin to produce magnificent patience in your life. These are not things that we develop by going to our, quote, better selves, unquote. You don't have a better self. The self is utterly wicked. It can dress up in pretty party clothes, but it is still utterly wicked. And that wickedness will spring up at the most unexpected times. No, the dove wants to come and light and rest its feet on a lamb, not a wolf. So, what are the characteristics of a wolf spirit? Savageness, hatred, bitter sorrow and anger, impatience, Hardness of heart. Selfish ambition. But above all, pride. Pride. But the fruit that is born in us by the dove is love and joy peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Look, there's only way, there's only one way for a wolf to become a lamb. It's not trying to dress up in in lamb clothes. It's not trying to do some cosmetic changes to your face. The wolf has to be crucified. He has to die. And you have to be born from above and begin to be a person of peace and love and compassion and gentleness. These are the characteristics of those who have been transformed by the blood of Jesus. So we have a God who is utterly humble. And we have a dove that is utterly gentle. And this dove wants to come and light on you. But he cannot do that as long as you're a wolf. So we see now the picture for the condition upon which the Holy Spirit will come upon us and abide with us. The dove can only abide with us as we are willing to be as the lamb. It is impossible for him to come and rest upon us when we are unbroken, proud, ambitious. The manifestation of the unbroken self is always the direct opposite of the Lamb. The works of the flesh are always ugly works. The snarling wolf versus the Lamb of God. Now we see this again very plainly in the Gospel of John, over in the 15th chapter. I'm going to turn there quickly for you. Jesus, to give you context, has been holding the Last Supper in the upper room with the disciples. Already Judas has gone out, and it is dark. And Jesus is teaching them about what's going to happen and how they should respond to it. And he begins telling them, I'll read it for you, John 14. I'll begin reading with verse 12. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor, that is, he will give you the dove, 
to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me any more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Wow! Jesus is laying down the reality that he wants to come and live in us. We are invited to become as he was, filled with the dove. But we must become as he was and is. And our hearts must be humbled. And we must begin to recognize that the only way I can produce is by bearing fruit that the Holy Spirit brings to pass in my life. This morning in the early hours as I was praying, I reviewed all the strategies I've employed through the years for success, for helping others, for ministry. And I finally said, Lord Jesus, I repent. All of those strategies, at the most crucial times, failed me. And now I recognize that anything of value produced in my life must come as a result of the Holy Spirit's presence in me, as he dwells in me. That I've not been called to be the producer. I've been called to be a branch that is connected to the vine. And that vine is Jesus Christ. It means that I must literally be what Jesus has described. I must be in him, and he must be in me, and we must be in the Father. And the goal of my life must simply be to bring glory to the Father, to honor Jesus, never to honor me, never to be successful in being somebody, but to be humble and kind and merciful to be like Jesus was, to be a lamb, not to be a wolf, not to be filled with my own self-ideas and my own self-production and my own self-goals, but to wait upon the Lord. And this morning in my prayer time, I again, which I've done many times in recent years, said to the Lord, if there's anything of value that will be produced in my life, it is only what you produce, Lord, as you move through me. 
but it is going to come from outside of me, not from inside of me. In other words, it won't come out of my flesh. It must come out of the Holy Spirit. So I have, with great joy, laid down every hope and every aspiration of self. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live, yet I do live as Jesus Christ lives in me. It's a, it's a place of humility before God. John, the 15th chapter. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So there is a a judgment that the Lord makes. Are you bearing fruit out of your own wild vine, or are you in Jesus Christ? And from that position of being in Christ, are you producing what Jesus wants to produce? The sinful nature can only produce sin. It can only produce rebellion and hardness of heart and pride, arrogance. It is the opposite of the Lamb. You cannot be in the world and in Jesus at the same time. You cannot be in Jesus and in the world. Either you hate the way of the world and the things of this world, and be in Jesus, in devotion. Now, please, I'm not speaking philosophically here. I face today the decision, what will I do with the time I'm awake? I chose to spend that time at the call of the Spirit in prayer, in fellowship with Him, in reading the Scriptures, in preparing for this radio broadcast. And then this afternoon, I will have more time in prayer and Scripture, more time to talk with people about the gospel of Jesus. And you may say, oh, but you're a pastor. How did I become a pastor? I made a choice. This is what Jesus called me to. He hasn't called you, perhaps, to be a pastor. But still, in everything you do, it must be the same as what I'm describing. It must be focused in Jesus. It must be focused in being the Lamb of God. It must be focused in positioning yourself where the Holy Spirit can light on you and produce in your world what God wants to produce in that place. It's not a place of anger and bitterness and criticism and backbiting. It's a place of peace and joy. It's the place of presence of the Holy Spirit. It's a place where you speak the word of God 
to other men and women, other boys and girls, and you call them to serve Jesus. In other words, the very focus of our heart is to be in Jesus Christ. He's saying, any branch, even those who claim to be in Christ, who do not bear the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. If you're not bearing these righteous fruit, it's because you have not been willing to let the dove come and settle on you. You've been arrogant and proud and stubborn and hard-hearted. You have determined you will have it your way, and you will win. Is that really how you want to walk? It says, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes or he cuts back. He cuts back the foliage so that we don't look like we're somebody. He humbles our heart so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Well, what word has he spoken to them? All through the Gospel of John, you hear the word he's speaking about humbling your heart, trusting him, walking with him, remaining in him. Verse 4 becomes very specific. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Well, before you remain, you have to be in. So how do you get in? Confession of sin? Repentance, turning away from it? I said yesterday, and I want to emphasize it again, revival is simply when I choose with others to walk in the spirit of righteousness allowing God to accomplish in me what he desires to accomplish. Revival is simply being in Christ Jesus and letting him produce the fruit of the Spirit in my life where everything in my heart is centered in Jesus. This is what it's about can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This word remain is interesting. It is translated in the King James Version as abide in me. It is literally resting in Jesus. It is choosing to not do my own work, but to do what the Spirit of God has called me to do. It means I give up my proud ambition and recognize that my life is like grass. I'm here today and I'm gone tomorrow. And now in this short time I have on the face of this earth, How am I going to walk? And Jesus is inviting us to come into him and to rest in him.
and to wait upon him. And recognize you have many ideas and many solutions and many possibilities facing you. You must narrow them down to one. His name is Jesus. The only door out of this earth is the door of Jesus Christ. The only escape from hell is Jesus Christ. He is the loving, kind, merciful Lamb of God. And if we want to walk in Him, we must walk as He walked. And it calls for great humility of heart. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. It does not say he will produce much fruit. In other words, an apple tree does not struggle to produce apples. Have you ever seen an apple tree trying to produce apples? Of course not. It is a a measured process, it is simply bearing the apples. It is touched by outside forces, by outside forces. It is brought into the bearing of those apples that we so love to eat. An apple tree does not have ambition. It simply bears the fruit. And the fruit is delicious. The scriptures say, the one who remains in him, that is in Jesus, he says, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. This is the work of the Lamb of God with the Dove of God. And as the lamb and the dove work together in your heart and in your life, you will begin to produce the fruit that he so desires you to produce. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a bit of a shock, isn't it? That you're not going to produce what you think you're going to produce for eternity if you are not in Christ Jesus I recognize we are so blocked that it's hard to even talk about this because the natural life that flows so easily in the heart of mankind is arrogant and proud and self-sufficient. And Jesus is saying all of that is going to have to go to the cross. It's going to have to die. You're going to have to humble your heart before God and let him produce in you what he desires to produce. That you could bear the fruit of God. He says, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. 
Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. In other words, there is a judgment of hell that we all face. And the criteria for whether you end up in that hell fire is whether or not you were in Jesus Christ or whether you were in your own deal. If you never humbled your heart and gave way to the Master Jesus Christ who comes as a lamb to us, if you were never safe for the dove of God to come and light on, because you were filled with your anger and your rage and your plans and your ideas, if you never humbled your heart, then you will finally be picked up by the angels of God and you will be cast into the fire and you will be consumed. You will be burned. He says, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit You bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. This is the call of God. To humble our hearts. To be filled with His Spirit. To be the Lamb of God. With the dove of God lighting on us. Utterly letting the wolf nature be crucified, the accusations, the judgments, the harshness. Letting all of that go and being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. It's his work. The gospel work is the work of Jesus Christ. I'm involved in it only to bear the fruit that the Holy Spirit desires to produce through me. Well, we're out of time for today. I pray today that this has been helpful to you. I'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to write to me. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find our address. There you'll find a web page where you can donate online or you can write to me at Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195. This is a faith ministry and I pray that you as the Lamb will be generous that this broadcast can continue. I want to remain on air to bear the fruit that Jesus wants me to bear. God bless you, my brother and my sister. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless 
before the presence of His glory with great joy, with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ